0: Welcome to Crosstown Conversations. This is your host, Jean Nathan. You know, we work to bring you voices of our region as well as the nation and globe. Um, whether it is cultural, environmental, um, urban or political, we work to help you understand what people are talking about. So here goes. I have the privilege of having Lisa Alexis on with us today. And she is quite remarkable and has a quite remarkable responsibility and a very remarkable announcement because um, the, her office and the new uh, created office of the tourism and cultural uh, pl- uh, fund, plan, plan, um, okay. is, has made a major commitment that we've all been waiting for uh, to our culture bearers and our creatives in town. So uh, Lisa, without further ado, um, uh, please uh, fill us in. Tell us what it's all about.
1: Thank you so much, Jean. And I would like to say to the audience, thanks to Jean. As my very first day on boarding here with the city, you have reached out to me to ensure that uh, there was someone I could turn to in the understanding and the moving forward of creating opportunities for our cultural industries and cultural economy and culture bearers moving forward. So I thank you for standing there with me and being a guide, advisement, and even jumping on me when it needs to look a little bit better. (laughs) I appreciate it.
0: I I just want to say that if there's anybody who can figure out how to uh, jump through the hoops, it's definitely you, because you've had a few to jump through, as anybody in that office would have. So Anyway, go ahead. Let's uh, let's have the news. It's, it's very important and exciting, and I want everybody to know about it. Certainly. With the establishment of the New
1: Orleans Tourism and Cultural Fund, which has been organized and brought to fruition to really promote and support the cultural industries and the culture bearers to help advance uh, the work and the creativity that is done uh, through our cultural economy, we have launched the initiative to offer tourism cultural grants and the cultural grants are directed to our cultural industries and culture bearers in the amount of six hundred thousand dollars yes and the six hundred thousand dollars will be allocated and awarded to all forms of cultural art and it is going to be offered in different levels. So a person has an opportunity at every level with the creativity that they enhance our city with to apply and have the opportunity to receive the funding. We will have three levels of funding. Level one, which is a mini grant considered $2,500 or less, or up to $2,500. Then level two will be $2,500 up to $10,000, and level three, $10,000 to $20,000, because we will support, as I said, our culture bearers, as well as promote and support the big cultural events as well. Also, with the launch of these grants that are going to be afforded to everyone, we are also adding, because we are wanting to support our cultural industries, which include our live entertainment music venues, we are also offering a grant considered Open NOLA, which would go to our live entertainment venues and our music venues for $2,000 grant to help them obtain the PPE, the protective equipment that is required in order to Open And operate safely for their live entertainment performers and for the audiences that are enjoying the art as well. And so with that $2,000 grant, we are also through the uh, pleasure of our board and and their directing, offering an incentive of an additional $1,000 to that grant for the venues who show proof of booking live entertainment or performances or cultural artists. So that would be an
0: additional thousand. So it would be a $3,000 grant. I have to say just, just right there that uh, there's a lot of thoughtfulness that, that has gone into this uh, selection of um, tracks and the idea of supporting the venues and then incentivizing live music. Um, that was very thoughtful and, and important.
1: Thank you. And that is the stance that our board has taken from inception on last year to ensure that the dollars and support go into the continued creativity of our creative practitioners. And so that is the direction that we're taking and moving forward. In. And we're very excited about it.
0: Um, give me the time frame. I think that's the most important thing everybody wants to always know. What are the deadlines? How does, it's, it's, uh, when is it open? When is it closed?
1: Yes, it opened this Monday, yesterday, May 17th, and it is anticipated to close June 30th and or until the funds are expended. So I hope we're able to service beyond that
0: time frame. So I I know that a lot of people who listen to my show and other shows on WBOK definitely include many of the culture bearers in the city. So um, this is important and an opportunity for them to hear about this. And um, I I think that it's important to state why um, you all decided to do this. We decided to do this
1: because the culture of our city is the apex. It's the reason people visit our city. It's the reason people live in our city for our culture. And the cultural artists who create uh, the interesting art forms are sometimes are often outside of the opportunity to have the resources to be creative and be more creative and have the opportunity to merchandise their goods, the opportunity to monetize their work. And so this is strictly purposed to support and assist of creating opportunities for our cultural industries that will help stimulate their economy and in turn stimulates the economy of the city and also continues the traditions that everyone is so familiar with and love.
0: You know, I've quoted you numerous times Uh, with your name. I have said, um, as Lisa Alexis says, the culture will bring us out of this pandemic. So uh, we, of course, are faced with the double whammy, you might say, of a long-term disinvestment in our cultural community and in our culture bearers and our creatives. Uh, And then on top of it, during the pandemic, of course, they lost their opportunity for exhibiting or performing. And they lost their day jobs in the hospitality industry because so many of them really do work in hospitality as a source of their kind of ongoing income. Because even the artists that have contracts with galleries and show their work and the artists and uh, musical artists who have uh, regular gigs that they continue to go to, they are still not um, necessarily uh, earning a livable wage when you come right down to it because... It seems like they're doing great because they have more than say the next artist, but it still means that they're not necessarily being able to provide for their family.
1: Unfortunately, that is the case. And that is where we want to pivot away from and move to opportunities of really strengthening the uh, income and revenue of the households of, of cultural artists and creatives.
0: I often also think about um, people that I know in the arts and uh, the creative practices of, of various disciplines. They kind of reach a point in in uh, New Orleans where they've you know ex- they've practiced, they've exercised their their um, talent, and they've presented, but then they can't quite see the upward mobility that they suspect they can find. In a Los Angeles, in a Miami, in a New York, Chicago. Um, so uh, that's kind of one of the things I, I know that your office has probably been thinking about, you know, how do we make sure that our creatives really have that um, promotability, I think is the Correct. word, because it's sometimes when someone is leaving town and I kind of want to go boo-hoo, I have to also acknowledge that they have to do what's right for them and their families, and sometimes that means they need to move on. So I hope that what you're doing with this and, and other things that I know you all have been thinking about in terms of quality of life issues, the housing and health right. issues as well. And I was also impressed with that being included in your um, your, your first uh, cut at uh, economic plan. Um, that's gonna be really important too. How, how else are you thinking about this right now? What's, what's in the works that, I, I know you can't talk about things that aren't finished. Um, But um, tell tell me a little bit about the context uh, in which you are putting out these funds. In other words, what else are, uh, are you guys looking at, so to speak? Certainly.
1: We are looking at really structuring a framework in which the work, the creativity, and then the economic development side of. cultural economy has a more fluid and a more uh has more synergy than it has perhaps in the past and where it's not that we're we're looking back but we're looking forward on understanding and wanting to remove any silos and really looking at partnerships that where we see Uh, Agencies, we see government and we see private industry are already doing, doing the work very well. However, we haven't connected it very well. So really looking at how we connect our workforce office with the cultural office. How do we connect and are a part of now the Office of Economic Development. So we're, no, we're understanding where are the growing industries, especially in the culture, where those opportunities lie, how do we connect it? Also working with agencies as well, and organizations that have for years been doing the groundwork of, of educating our cultural artists from a point of intellectual property copywriting and understanding how to market and provide that outreach and then blending in in a very comfortable way our digital world, the digital infrastructure to afford our cultural artists the opportunity to be able to market themselves across the globe without leaving their space but yet receiving the support. And so over the past months during the covid the Office of Cultural Economy launched the Embrace the Culture concept. And that concept in partnership with uh, uh, Creative Alliance as well, with Artisan View, had an opportunity to highlight and showcase artists' work and continued creativity online uh, through live streaming. And in doing so, We've tracked the different showcasings and opportunity to want to ensure that there are connects that are made that then lead to other opportunities for artists. And we're tracking that at this time. And we're finding really some great success stories that we can't wait to share, where artists for the first time performed on a House of Blues stage and then other people noticed them from out of state and then book them to perform for a program that they had out of state. And then other artists have utilized their, utilized the digital platform as well to receive other bookings and then just be more noticed by other entities. There's so much great art and talent that we have yet to hear, see, enjoy, taste, uh, read, read, because our art forms are in so many forms, literacy, you know, the literary side, the culinary side, visual side, music. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. All of the above. And um, I think that's really important because New Orleans creatives really want to be here. They, yes. they really, a lot of them, uh, in, in all my years here, I've come across so many artists of all disciplines, again, who could have chosen to leave in order to advance, but they really did not want to leave the city. And many who left and then really felt the call to come home. I'll, I'll never forget um, one time we were doing something, we, 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 do a, we did a revival of the concept of the Dew Drop In, the mm-hmm. improvisational performances at the Contemporary Arts Center. And Charles Neville came to town and he came to uh, one of our performances and he sat in and it wasn't long after that, that he basically decided to come home to New Orleans and joined up with his brothers. And next thing you know, um, the Neville brothers were shaping up. So I, I think that they really have a pull to not leave and to come back and to give them better opportunity to connect with the marketplace, which is what you're talking about. That's, um, that's just really, really critical because we, we're recognized in this very general way internationally. Um, but making that um, kind of turn uh, uh, turn the money over, yes. in a sense, to our yes. artists, that's kind of, that's a, that takes exactly what you're talking about, making it easier for people to see the work. And I will have to tell you that um, our uh, in View, which you helped us get off the ground, we're still going strong with it. And people have sold work. Wonderful. From those. Um, little two-minute videos that we've been posting every week. And so I know that I know that your Embrace the Culture is really working. I, um, I, I am very interested in the educational side of it, and it's something that I hope to see that develop because, again, we have so many creative... Um, I think we probably have a, a, an unusual percentage of our population in the schools in the city are creatives. And yes. so making sure that they have the training... And the tools, the intellectual property tools you mentioned, the the ability to get online and, and be able to show themselves online, all of that is just so important. Let me ask you a question. I know that you've dealt with artists directly as part of the Embrace the Culture program. I'm sure that you've had some experiences and learned some things from your personal connections with people. Uh, Is there an anecdote or a story about uh, your engagement with one of them that you can share with us, just to kind of personalize it a little bit? Certainly,
1: we had an opportunity to work with Kaz May. She's a vocalist, a vocal artist, and she appeared on the Embrace the Culture series platform through House of Blues. And it was to afford her the opportunity to highlight her talent, her work. However, unbeknownst to us, she also was utilizing that opportunity as a video recording to send into the show, The Voice. Mm-hmm. And she did, she sent that in to The Voice and was selected. And so she appeared over this past season on The Voice. And she went through several episodes through The Voice, which was quite successful. And so we were so excited for her, one, to make it to that national level and have that type of notoriety from that standpoint. But then as she returned home here to New Orleans, it then offered her an opportunity. She has recently uh, was selected to sing the Star Spangled Banner for one of the college football games here in Louisiana. So we were excited for that. And I believe there was some other opportunity that has recently come to her. And it's just through the, I would say the positive, uh, creative connection of, of just performing, doing what you love and then having that opportunity to, Uh, showcase your work and us providing an opportunity for artists to showcase their work. So that was just, it was nice. It was very exciting. And uh, she gave plenty of love to the city of New Orleans the entire time she was on the show, The Voice. And it, it was just really unique. That was one instance that I really loved. Then there's another instance where there were artists selected, artists I had never met before or heard of. And one artist, once they began to perform, we had to cut for a minute because they were so emotional because they said, had it just been a normal year, they may not have had an opportunity to have their work showcased or land in a in a venue to perform. So they were just so overwhelmed and emotional. And that's what we're here to do. We're to create opportunities that bring memorable experiences to all of the audiences, but we also want it to be a joy to
0: the artists and the creators. I couldn't, I just couldn't possibly say it better. You have a way with words. That's um, that's that's a very strong. Uh, I know you have to. You have another meeting coming up soon, so I don't want to um, miss anything that um, uh, you want to share with us that you want the audience to know about. So let me just um, ask you: Is there anything that you really wanted to get out there that I haven't asked you?
1: I would like to encourage everyone to go to our New Orleans Tourism and Cultural Fund website, which is notcf.com again it's the acronym of notcf.com and our in our message to everyone is culture is our open door so we want to encourage everyone to visit the website and seek out the opportunity do not feel that you may not qualify for this but to really pursue because we're looking for impacts that are related to community sustainability to support our cultural artists. And so I I just wanna encourage everyone to continue to follow. As we are launching, we are still building out our website as well. So everyone will be able to see those who are receiving the awards and the funding. We're gonna be posting that and and showing all of the wonderful pictures and experiences that were created uh, through the dollars the dollars of the New Orleans Tourism and Cultural Fund come through the hotel occupancy tax. And those dollars are a tax that are 50 cents to a dollar that is charged when when persons uh, book a room with a hotel. And as we see the city beginning to open up again, we're seeing hotels beginning to fill again. And so those dollars and that tax goes directly back to the fund so that we can grant more and more opportunities. So we're excited about the recovery of our cultural economy and tourism.
0: I got one question I can't resist asking. So what's your feeling, what's your personal feeling about the opening up of the city? And when where, where do you feel the real turning point is going to be? I've heard them talk nationally about the 4th of July, I think a lot of folks think that's a little soon. Um, the fall we have festivals galore being planned that were put off from the spring. Um, what, what's how how do you feel about that? What would you say is going to be the the key watermark? Let's say of of. When-
1: watermark! The real turning point, I believe, will be in the fall in the fall, the city is doing exceptionally well. And I would encourage everyone, please get vaccinated. It is protecting yourself against any and everyone else. So the more we're vaccinated, the more we're able to open up and be able to host all of the different events, which gives the opportunities and the platforms for our cultural artists to be a part of. But I will say the fall, I would encourage folks to, um, get any of their R&R in now because the city is really, I believe, going to experience a safe but a great rebirth
0: of, of, of activity, especially in culture and tourism. Rebirth is the right word for us here in New Orleans. We'd like to um, talk about rebirth. Um, Lisa, I thank you so much for taking the time to uh, check in with us. And uh, please keep us um, informed as the program develops and as people um, are able to access some of these funds. And and, uh, as you start to see things result from it, um, let's make sure we do some updating from time to time. And um, uh, we, again, thank you as a community. And thank you for mentioning vaccinating. I'm sorry, I am one of those vaccination um, nudges. So when I ask people, uh, are they vaccinated? They tell me no, and I, I, I ask them why. I always find the answers totally inexplicable. And I'm, you know, I just, I, come on guys. Is there, is, is the risk of a vaccine cannot possibly exceed the risk of how you, your you personally may handle the COVID vaccine. It is so unpredictable. The healthiest, youngest people right. have died from it. And so how could it be um, a, a crazier to, to uh, uh, you know, take your chances rather than get the darn vaccination? Thank you for bringing that up too. And uh, as I say, uh, keep, us,
1: uh, keep us up to date on this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: with me a young artist who, although she is just coming away from being a student, has been already out there in the marketplace and working towards her um, creative career. And so she's an excellent example of an artist who understands the importance of trying to shape um, your own career and and, uh, do the business that has to be done in order to advance the marketplace for your work. So, Barry Ann Franks graduated from uh, Xavier this spring.
2: Uh, I fi- I finished in December 2020, but gra- graduation was this spring, so it was about yeah. two weeks ago now. Because Xavier only has one graduation.
0: So, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, that's already, I'm sure, uh, an important uh, achievement. So, um, uh, as I decline that call, I'm sorry. Um, Tell me about, first of all, let's kind of go to the beginning. What made you pursue being an artist?
2: Uh, so I've always been drawing. Um, I originally began as self-taught in preschool and I was giving the award of most artistic. And then I decided to continue on the path of arts. I've done multiple different arts in my career in general as an artist such as dance. And uh, I've also even done a few Other things with my church, but I decided to continue on a path of visual arts. Um, Going into high school, when I went to NOCA, New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, I wanted to continue to pursue my visual arts career and get official training for my visual arts and decided to make that my full-time endeavor. I have been working in my arts career, aside from just educational pursuits as a professional, having many shows at the Ogden Museum of Art, the Contemporary Arts Center, Um, just to name a few, Kelwood Contemporary Art um, Gallery in Baton Rouge, Fire Press Gallery um, that used to be on Press Street, um, part of NOCA. And so because of all the, the opportunities I've been given through my education pursuits at NOCA and Xavier as well, I've been able to show my art on professional and um, a national level as well. And so I hope to continue to work towards that. However, I'm also kind of switching gears in which I will be pursuing graduate education in the fall at Columbia University in art history. And so I will be continuing as a visual artist, but I'll be more focusing on research of black depiction in the Italian Renaissance. I'll be shifting more to an academic perspective rather than purely a form of visual expression. That's about it. (laughs) You've given me the the
0: whole um, infrastructure of your career. Um, What's so interesting to me, again, is that you have really uh, pursued understanding um, what it it takes to advance your own career. A lot of artists really have a hard time with that. Um, I, I often say that the artists who are able to really build their marketplace and their career are the ones who really take that side of their um, their art practice uh, seriously and aggressively as compared with those who um, really just wanna make art and think that somehow magically from the artwork um, their career will build. So I, I have to ask you, since you have really um, developed this um, capability, what would you advise other artists who are starting out to do Based on your own experience?
2: Um, well, based on my experience, I would have to say that there are multiple different art fields. Often, the question I get um, the most is when I express, express that I am an artist is first, oh, what are you going to do with that? Or are you going to open a gallery? But there are many other arts opportunities aside from just pursuing visual arts or also doing another field of work within the arts while maintaining a visual arts career. I've met many curators, those are the people who decide what goes into an exhibition and organize the exhibition, which I have done curatorial work at the New Orleans Museum of Art in an internship. And many of those uh, individuals were artists themselves or who worked as preparators, those people who help hang the work in the exhibition, who install the work, who also work as artists on the side. Um, So I would have to say there are multiple different venues and really just expressing those things. If you're younger in a school setting, take advantage of all the internships, maybe even art education in a museum many um, who work in art education help teach others about art while also even working on their own art on the side. Or if you do wanna purely go to artists route, look at different galleries and different institutions and art collectives in which a collective is a group of artists who work together to better themselves and promote themselves in the community. So I would say there are many different routes that artists and arts professionals take in order to help themselves professionally as well as maintain your creative works.
0: So if,
2: if... If
0: you were to describe um, some of your impressions of other artists that you have been at school with or working with in in the various ways that you have already gotten out in the marketplace, so to speak, um, how how would you um, uh, sort of describe some of the different strategies of other artists that you've observed?
2: Um, Could you elaborate a little more on professionally or artistic
0: um, strategies? not so much content of their art as, again, managing their art career.
2: Um, I've worked with, of course, at Xavier, there are many different students who take advantage of the opportunities, such as calls to artists, in which museums and galleries have open calls for exhibitions. There's also um, They also promote and sell their work. Often as Xavier, there will be pop-up shops in which some people who were not art majors might show their, their work. So one person I bought work from, she was a young, student who was selling her jewelry who was making jewelry and selling jewelry there was another student who was selling her work on t-shirts and other designs and these were not art majors some were art majors or art minors but many of them were in other fields but they were still showing their creativity so i argue there's many different fields that shouldn't just be kept by your oh i'm not an artist or i'm not in this you know there's many different ways to express your creativity or to promote yourself in your artistic business
0: Um, How would you describe uh, your experience in art in the city and this state? And tell me, um, if I understand correctly, you are, your next step is going to be outside the state. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Tell me about that choice and, um, and, and why you chose to go someplace else and what that means to you. And um, was that based on any kind of assumptions about how your work and career could progress here in New Orleans? I think one of the things my organization um, that I work with, the Creative Alliance of New Orleans Cano is focused on is what what do we need to do to help advance creative careers in New Orleans and develop our creative economy so that this is a, really a preferable um, uh, art marketplace for artists to, to work in uh, and stay in in the future. So I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, when you make a decision about where you're going to progress, well, whether it is um, here or um, elsewhere, uh, how do you base that decision?
2: Uh, well, I have been blessed with many opportunities in New Orleans. As I said, I went to New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, which opened a lot of doors to opportunities, and I feel like there's still others, such as the um, Hellas Foundation promoting artists through um, exhibitions and different ways, such as the free day in which museums are free to the public, allowing access to art, especially if you're an arts view to go in on those days and see different artists and new exhibitions at NOMA and the Ogden. Uh, they, I believe they also have a mural exhibit that's happening um, called Unframed. Additionally, there are other opportunities such as the Contemporary Art Center having an annual call to artists and the Odding having annual calls to artists in which uh, to the Southern Contemporary and other opportunities that give um, other artists in the regions the opportunity to show their work in these amazing settings. Uh, so I have to say, there's definitely no shortage of art opportunities, not even to mention the festivals that happen in want that allow artists artists to share their work as artist vendors. And even throughout the city, when you go to the French Quarter and you see artists on the side selling their works and to the different tourists, as well as locals who also really support the arts communities here and a lot of galleries owned by artists themselves. So there's no shortage of art opportunities in New Orleans. I think the only thing is really getting those opportunities out there. I know the Arts Council of New Orleans has a place where artists can go and see artists opportunities in the city, across the South and locally in the state as well. Uh, My decision to go was based more so on program. Uh, I wanted to continue researching in art history, which I've had uh, interest in art and history, which is of course combined into art history, in which I'm interested in the works, how they progress, and specifically in my field of focus, how Africans were depicted in the Italian Renaissance, what that led to, if there's a connection, and how that connects to our modern era, and how that shapes us today, since the Italian Renaissance was beginning of the modern era. So um, my my desire to go was based on the program, how amazing the program was, and not so much based on the location. Um, despite that, of course, New York is an amazing arts field as well, with many galleries, art auction houses, the Met team, one amazing museum that is there, the Guggenheim and many other um, Soho and Chelsea galleries. Um, so my decision was based more so on program, which was same for Xavier as well in which I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU for undergraduate education and a liberal arts institution, but I wanted one that had the support of the arts community and arts opportunities and Xavier really fit that mold for me. So my decision is first and foremost based on program, depending on what I want to pursue. And then um, it's more as if the environment is a plus or a bonus for me. I see.
0: Um, so uh, if, if you if you had to, of focus on um, the challenges in our marketplace and the opportunities in our marketplace, in this city, in our community. Um, What what would you change?
2: What would, how how would you improve? Oh, I would have to change the the age range. Um. I noticed there were a lot of things that were kind of restricted to me until I was able to turn 18. I mean, I've been applying to different opportunities since I was in high school, but a lot of them were limited by the age range. And then I see a lot of artists, and not just including the NOCO students, but other students who may be at Lusher or other high school institutions who have amazing work and would like to get out there and start getting their opportunities and building a resume, but they're prevented by the age range, which usually tends to be 18 or older. Um, so... I was glad when I finally turned 18 to be able to apply to these opportunities. And then again, I was barred because some of you had to be 21 or older. So when I finally turned 21, I could apply to more. But I feel like that's still a barrier that would need to be fixed. I know there are different teen opportunities, but those are rather limited in amount. So either make more of those or maybe lower the age gap for some opportunities to extend it so that that would be my primary um, thing I would like to change.
0: I think it's very interesting that you say that, especially since creatives usually, as you said, you, you started young drawing. Creatives usually do start expressing a creative leaning young. And so I think that's a very legitimate um, and, and important point that I haven't actually heard anybody else make. But I think it's uh, considering especially that you were pursuing those opportunities. Um, and you, so you're very aware of the fact that the, you were limited by your age. Um, I, I think that's a very interesting um, observation. I also wanted to ask you, um, if, uh, if if, you were, however, still beyond that, looking to grow the creative economy of New Orleans, let's just say that was your job, your responsibility, um, beyond the age uh, issue, what else would you address? And I can't, of course, Um, overlook the issue of race and whether that is something that you have focused on or not and whether you consider that to be an important factor in New Orleans.
2: See fortunately for me because of my artwork dealing with social injustice often those opportunities I wouldn't have been involved in in the first place because they would see my work and probably immediately dismiss it but most of the opportunities I've been in haven't been that way but I think my art kind of served as a barrier between those opportunities preventing me from having to deal with many of those issues. Naturally, in certain settings, there were individuals who held such beliefs. I personally can't answer that question because I'm not as involved in the local economic opportunities. I mean, I've participated in maybe one or two fairs, but most of my time was naturally spent within school and within education. So that limited my time and ability to be involved in many of those things. But I did meet many vendors who Share many the opportunities who were very open to me, and especially many women. Um, I, that would probably I think I would say there's not a lot of women, especially when they're color, but really women in general. I remember working at Jazz Fest, and I was uh, asked to be a judge for Congo Square, and there were I could count on my hand the number of women who were accepted into that. And mm-hmm. so, but they were also nice and caring and opening to me, but it was just. The fact that there weren't a lot of them involved and so that would probably be the only other thing i could say towards that
0: is that because they weren't applying or because they didn't win out against other candidates
2: i can't answer that question i was not involved in the application process in any way i was only there to help give um, awards or to observe the many artists and gain personal experience as a student
0: So I'm gonna keep uh, uh, go on this tack for just one more question. I'm gonna say, again, if you were, let's say, the head of the cultural economy for the city, and you really wanted to prioritize um, a programmatic approach that you felt would really be encouraging to artists in the city of all disciplines, not just visual arts, but performing and media design, all of the different creative industries. can you imagine what you, would, what you might uh, develop? I know you probably have not thought a lot about this because clearly you know, you've really, um, uh, really developed your course of action for yourself and that has been your focus. But um, if, if you were concerned about trying to help other people kind of have, I guess, the perspective and the breadth of uh, thinking about your career that you've had, um, what would you do?
2: Um, I believe there are already several individuals who fit my mold and those particular molds. I just feel like the only thing is reaching out to those people and making those opportunities more accessible, as I said before, age, range, race, gender, things of that nature, and not excluding them based on their work or maybe making it in a way in which their work is what is judged rather than their ethnicity or who they are. And so that would have to be the biggest thing I would have to say. I can't really speak too much on programming and things such as that since I have not been on any boards that really spoke to those things. So in my limited knowledge on this subject that would probably be the biggest thing I could say would be the best option.
0: Let me go back to the question of uh, your future and your career. So um, clearly you have this uh, dual interest both in creating work, but also in studying the creative work of others historically. Um, how do you see that playing out? Do you see one or the other winning out or do you see some kind of continuing process of, of, of juggling those two interests?
2: Um, I know the traditional view has always been in What are you going to do as a person in your professional career and it's usually only one, but I would have to argue that now a lot of my peers included have been, you know, the thing is, you know, hustle, quote unquote, the idea of having multiple opportunities and why limit yourself to a single possibility. I personally feel as if my work um, actually meshes with my research as all of my works in my social justice series included behind me are based on historical research to begin with. My ideas stem from historical research. I can't say I've been to a gallery, even though I do enjoy looking at works. I've never looked at a work really and said, oh, this is, I got an idea or inspiration. It's always been through reading different research articles or watching the news and saying, oh, this reminds me of this historical event. How can I compare this in a visual way that conveys this to my audience? So the research that I'm doing now only builds upon what I've been doing for many years in my artistic research, which has started since my sophomore year in high school at, my New, Orleans, at New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, in which I first began my social justice series. So my personal um, dealings with racism and sexism, but also building upon that, which I had studied personally since often that is not included in the school system as it should be, but it seems like those things are starting to finally be addressed thanks to the efforts of the many protests that happened in December 2020. But I have to say that the research I'm doing now in Black fishing and Italian Renaissance, looking to see if they were there, which they were, who was there, how they were there, how they were involved, were there Black artists that have been overlooked for many years in this field, which is often studied, and which my work takes from the Italian Renaissance, such as and many other Italian techniques, which are used in the visual arts that I have incorporated into my work, having studied many Italian Renaissance artists, incorporating their techniques and seeing how I can further convey my message through artistic techniques rather than artistic concepts. So I, I don't feel as if it's gonna ever really be separate. I probably continue my research while continuing to work on my visual arts practice.
0: Gotcha. So, um, Barry Ann, I am gonna be fascinated to uh, follow your career uh, because it's clear that uh, it's, going to, uh, it's going to be a rich life and a rich career. And I'm gonna want you to think about Um, if not a full-blown blog, but at least maybe on occasion, sending out an email to somebody like me to let me know what you're up to and um, help me uh, learn more about your track and and your thoughts and and how they're going to inform other artists. I think um, you're going to be successful. I hope you are. And um, I look forward to hearing from you a lot in the future. Before I close off the interview, are there any thoughts that um, you had in mind that you wanted to share that I did not elicit in our interview, our discussion?
2: Um, I wouldn't mind sharing my contact information. So whoever watches or listens to this interview, um, my social media Instagram is princess.underscore.berian B-A-R-R-I-A-N-E. And my website is artistry. Dot com.
0: Fantastic. You are um, a shining light in the world of young artists and I'm, I'm rooting for you and I hope to hear from you. Uh, just stay in touch. Let me know what's going on. Thank you so much and lots of luck to you and congratulations on graduation and um, your next steps. Okay, thank you. This is Jean Nathan, your host for Crosstown Conversations on WBOK. <laughs>